Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. Season four. We're just three guys with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and culture who just got finished with a pre-podcast discussion of horrific deaths at Disneyland. Not for your consumption. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording from North Koreatown, Los Angeles, and I'm joined by my usual panel. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter in Southeast Portland. He's our own little mermaid. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Uh, yeah, so anyway, on the Matterhorn one time, this guy <laughs> no, was on it. it. Stop it. Also joining us, uh, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the fjords of Arkansas. It's Hunter Donaldson. Oh, yeah, I'm fjording it up. <laughs> I'm fjorded right now, bro. Um, if you know we, what I mean. <laughs> we are uh, talking. We have a, uh, a really interesting topic today. But before we get into our homework, let's start segment one: the news. We didn't plan ahead of time what this news is going to be, so this is surprising to all of you. Um, first story on our news today. I mean, our only story that I have planned out, but is uh, "Knives Out" two cast continues growing. Joke to follow. From the, I'm sure you guys have been following the story. Mm-hmm. From the Hollywood Porter, the casts keep rolling in for Knives Out 2 with Kate Hudson, the latest to join the sequel. Hudson joins fellow franchise newcomers, including Leslie Odom Jr., Catherine Hahn, Janelle Monet, Dave Batista, Edward Norton, and as of course the returning Daniel Craig. Um, the follow-up film is set to shoot this summer in Greece. And just to jog your memory because you've forgotten, Knives Out came out in 2019 uh, and uh, earned an Oscar nomination for the screenplay. And, um, yeah, Netflix Netflix bid eight hundred seventy million dollars. Huge money for it, to yeah. Two films, yeah, was, uh, which is a crazy amount of Ryan money. Ryan Johnson so first of all, is getting paid on this one. Ryan Johnson's yeah. having a good day. I, yeah, man. It turns out if you create something that feels like an instant franchise, yeah, you cash out. If you have uh, the courage. To create a new property in the year of our Lord, 2019, <laughs> and it pays off. And it works. Yeah, you're going to yeah. get paid. I mean, the only thing is that he had to, well, the one the one restriction on the deal was that he had to, that, that um, uh, what's his name? Uh, it has to come back both times. Uh, the Craig, yeah, Daniel Craig. Craig has to come back for both the next two movies. Because that's the one thing about this is that he created this brand new, really interesting, you know, mystery solving guy. Who is a little expensive, mm. and that's uh, the, they were like, "Look, we'll we'll pay all of this money, but only if you can agree to get James Bond to do this silly fake Southern accent a couple more times." Okay, I mean LeBlanc is a great, great character to add to Craig's uh, body of work. I mean, I have a question. Okay, for, yeah, I, like I have a question for you guys. All right, without we obviously know nothing about the movie. We just know the cast. So Films in Greece. Yeah, Films in Greece. We know the cast. We know Daniel Craig uh, is obviously going to be the detective. We have no idea of anyone else. So I want to ask you guys a question right now off the top of your head, going by your gut instinct. Who did it? Oh. <laughs> Out of just this oh. cast. Who, oh, that's a great who, question. Who did oh, it? I love it. I, here's what I feel like. I feel like Edward Norton is the red herring. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel You've confident all... about yes. that. My guess is, I'm going to say right now, my money's on Janelle Monet. Okay, interesting. I'm gonna say Daniel Craig. Oh, twist! Oh, that kind of twist. How do you one up? How do you one up the first movie? That's too early in a series. Uh, I don't Uh, know. Well, you know what? Kill the series. Series suck. And also, (laughs) this series has a dumb title because the Knives Out title I thought was perfect for a movie doesn't make sense as a franchise title unless. 
you're going to work knives in every time, and that will get stale. And I thought the knives were worked in very well. I, and well, you're not going to work the knives in. You're going to work them out. But yeah, if, yeah. that's an interesting it point. Be, How many knives can you like get in this called like knives something else, like knives. What's another knives? Knives to the street. Or, yeah, knives to the street or just like, I yeah, don't know. Sharp, sharpening whetstone. Eh. The, the last knives. I don't know. Uh, knife. <laughs> knife. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, knifer. Knifey? Is a good one. Could um, it be called knifey? Knifey? Yeah, yeah. Could it be called yeah. knifey? And then underneath knives yeah. out too, like there so that a, no one gets I confused. I passed a store one time called Weeby Knives, which was my Ooh. favorite name for a knife store, but also would be a good name for a movie. Weeby Knives. Yeah. Are you sure um, it wasn't okay. Weeb Knives? Like a knife store for just Weeb. fans of Japanese uh, oh, culture? The last people who need knives. Oh, I think. yeah. Um, yeah. So I also wanted to bring this up, though, as an opportunity to talk to you guys about. So this is obviously not coming out this year. But, mm-hmm. Anthony, you've given us a lot. You gave us a great rundown last year of movies we didn't see. What is coming up this year, this summer, that you are looking forward to? Uh, well, I mean, a lot of stuff that got pushed from last year. You know, like still specifically stuff like Dune I'm very excited about. Uh, right, coming Dune, up yeah, this Dune year, soon. Which uh, apparently is not going to be coming to HBO Max. It will be getting just a theatrical release. Oh, um, outside of that? I th- but they promise. Yeah, I mean, it might still. I don't know. I think it might just be getting both. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, oh. the trailer for The Eternals just dropped. And I think that, you know, looks pretty interesting. Uh, we definitely talked a lot about Chloe's... Uh, ch- uh, no, what was the name? Zhao. Zhao, yeah. Chloe Zhao, Zhao recently. Yeah, yeah. And I I mean, it is very funny the way that trailer, just from like the opening shots, it's like, wow, this is a Chloe Zhao movie. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I'm not sure too Man, much. Man, I don't, I'm not excited. Wait, what is going on with this? So this is. Uh, we, it's a weird. He's, com- he's fresh off a of pooping in a bucket movie. And now she's doing a Marvel movie with superheroes we've never heard of. Yeah, but I mean, that's the Marvel formula. And, a, right? and it's a bunch of them. It's yeah. like, it's like six. Six new superheroes yeah. for you to love. Oh, and this is the one that Kamel Nanjiami got jacked for. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but man. this is like one of those things where, like, I don't, I'm not super, just because I don't really have any kind of reference for the characters. Uh, but Wait, I, this, are they're just they're just trying to do? Are they starting a whole new series? They're just like, well, I mean, that's these are more yeah. affordable I mean, actors. It's a, new, it's a new film series. I feel like the concept is like, what if the Avengers were even hotter? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they need to be hot. Like somebody was watching Avengers Endgame or whatever. Like, yeah, I like these people, but they could be they could like, be hotter a little yeah. bit. And hotter. I, like, Alex, <laughs> I wouldn't oh, call necessarily. Um, uh, Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek more affordable actors. Uh, That's but fair, I, but a lot of these other act- I so but the thing was the other series was so successful that the actors were like became able yeah. to like demand more but to stay in it. So they're like, let's start over, get some younger talent in here. We can afford Kamel. Like, let's get some normalish people. I mean, lock them into ten year brutal contracts, and then they have to make a hundred movies. I for mean, us. my thing. Yeah, I don't. I, with Kit Harrington at this point probably is the, as expensive as he's mm-hmm. ever going to be. Oh, like yeah. his his price will probably drop pretty soon. Oh. But they got him right right off a of Game of yeah, Thrones. I mean, so the, I would say that's pretty. Pricey. The last season of Game of Thrones, each episode probably took a hundred grand off his asking price. Uh, but they'd already yeah. signed the papers. <laughs> oh man, uh, if only they'd waited yeah. a little bit longer. But, uh, I think that, like, I mean. So, like I said, I don't have a dog in this fight. Like, uh, I don't really know anything about the Eternals. But I think the the most fascinating thing about the MCU, uh, to me, in a lot of ways, is that 
The MCU has built this, the biggest film franchise in the history of the medium. Uh, nothing's even close to it when you actually look at it. And within 10 years, it's, it's incredible what they've built. And they've done it with almost entirely, especially with the foundation of it, with like B-list superheroes, right? Yeah. Superheroes yeah. that are now A-list. But, like, at the time, they didn't have any of their big properties, right? And, like, right. I have been so... Like, I didn't know shit about Iron Man before Iron Man. And now everyone knows who Iron Man is. I had no idea yeah, who the Guardians of the Galaxy were before the Guardians of the right. Galaxy. Now everyone knows who the Guardians of the Galaxy is. So, in a lot of ways, that's, like, pretty exciting. Just the fact that Marvel, I think, has a really good track record of taking these... Um, sort of more obscure comic book characters. Uh, yeah. But also this like whole phase, because, you know, the Marvel movies kind of come in phases. Um, this whole phase is a little, you know, awkward for me. Not a lot of it has me very excited. I'm more excited for, like, Mahoshala uh, Ali's uh, Blade and their Fantastic mm. Four movie, whenever they eventually make that. Those are the two oh, yeah. that are, like, years away. But, like, I really want to see him as Blade. I think that would be fucking cool. Uh, and then yeah. I'm very curious how Fantastic Four uh, fits into all of this. But uh, Yeah, right. Especially as, like, such a latecomer and a thing that's been blown so many times. It's had so many efforts that did not work to be, like, the, 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 the presumably the good one. Yeah, I mean, it's the, they're coming back home, right? Like, that will be... Yeah. In, but... Uh, Hunter... What do you have coming up this year? What are you interested in, like summer movies, especially if you have? Um, any? Yeah, so there's one there's one flick that was of course supposed to come out last year, but is coming out. Uh, I think in the summer. Yes, it's coming out in the summer. It's called The Green Knight. Yes, uh, it is a film by David Lowry, who did a, a movie called mm -hmm. A Ghost Story. Yeah, yeah, uh, looks uh, crazy good. It's like a, a kind of horror fantasy type movie with like a mid-level budget with um, King Arthur times. Yeah, well, it's based off uh, uh, an, a poem uh, that I I've never read the original poem, but Tolkien wrote a version of this poem. And I remember I read it in like high school because I was just reading anything that Tolkien wrote. Um, and I remember just reading it and be like, well, that there there wasn't enough magic in that. Yeah. Um, or whatever. But yeah, the imagery uh, from the most recent trailer of that movie is uh, incredible. I it looks yeah. great. There's some good monster it's, stuff in there, man. It's I, be a okay, good movie. cool. You got me. I'm not. I'm not into comic books, as you know, but I do like a monster. Yeah, I mean, it's not a comic yeah. book. This is. You know, That's what I'm saying. Is I didn't like yeah. the other comic books. If you're talking about well, I, monsters, are a thing. I, I can mean, get behind. that was just the one because the trailer. Like, that's not the movie I'm looking forward to the most in terms of like big. Right summer movies uh still number one with the bullet is going to be uh james bond no time to die Stop talking about daniel craig which was supposed to come out god well over a year ago um but right. yeah i the director of that is incredible i really love his work phoebe uh Walla Bridges wrote the screenplay. Mm. Uh, the cast is phenomenal. I uh, Phoebe Waller Bridges wrote this movie. We've had this wrote a James Bond. We've movie? had this exact conversation on the podcast. Oh shit! I'm Alex. still surprised. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she is. Oh man, she is the writer of No Time to Die. Uh, directed right. by you know the guy who did the first season of True Detective and Beast of No Nation and Carrie Fukunaga, who's just a phenomenal director. 
Um, so yeah, I'm really, really okay. excited. And if the, you know, I've been pretty hit or miss on the Daniel Craig Bond movies, but I think kind of like the opposite of Star Trek, it seems to be every other one is really good. Uh, and so if that pattern stays true, well, this is the good we one. should be up for a good one. It's- I'm a little more worried about. I feel like maybe partially the it's because it's writing and not directing, but I feel like Chloe Zhao doing a Marvel movie sounds like they'll ruin her. But Phoebe Waller Bridge re- doing a Bond movie, she might fix them. She yeah. might make Bond interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Marvel has been really good for direct, like you know, trying to younger talent. Like I, I don't think anyone is getting ruined. I think like. Look at the work that Taika well, Waititi. Just like the, well, it just depends on. Ryan I Cougar. think it just depends on what you want as an audience yeah. member. So, like, like I, I personally, you know, if they like, oh, we've got Eternals two and Eternals three coming up by Chloe Zhao, I would be like, well, and that's a lot of other movies I think right. I could have gotten. Yeah, but instead of I, more Marvel movies, I think you know, it's the she's going to get to make way more movies. Come in general, yeah, yes. because of this yeah, overall, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and with bigger budgets and doing whatever she yeah, wants. I totally get that like side this. of it. I just mean like, I, I just w- I wish that we could find out right now exactly how many, how much right. commitment yeah. these people have to get signed on yeah. to well, in order to. I mean, you know, the the directors with Marvel are very like you know they're very franchise based. They very rarely jump outside of the main franchise they sign up for. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, I doubt she'll be doing too many, and, like, they have been really good about, you know, letting other directors do things, you know. Taika Waititi got to go and win an Oscar for a movie between right. his two Marvel films, and, right. you know, That's like... That's important, yeah. This, That's what I would like to watch is the... I, I guess I'll just be keeping an eye on the blank check movies in between the Marvel movies. Yeah. Um all right. Well, that's exciting. We got some good stuff to look forward to this summer and late summer. I guess those are a couple October movies. But I'm Green Knight. I hadn't heard of, and that oh, yeah. sounds really it interesting. Looks and of so course, good. Fast and Furious Nine is coming out in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. For nine, and so we, we'll be fin- we'll be talking about for nine on the show. Obviously, don't worry about that. Um, cool. All right. Well, that is the news. And now it's time for segment two: the homework. This week, we watched another round, the 2020 comedy drama out of Denmark, originally titled Druk, which is uh, Danish for binge drinking, which um, for American audiences was changed to the much friendlier Another Round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, interest, a very interesting choice there. Written, directed by Thomas Vintenberg, starring Mads Mikkelsen, Thomas Bo Larsen, Magnus Milong, and Lars Ranth, um, which in case you wanted to know, how Denmark do- is this movie? Mads Larsen, Magnus Lars. That is, yeah, that is go. a starring that block. Scandinavian um, fucking crew right there. It sure is. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's not in the in the version I wrote down, but I will. I guarantee there's a lot of vowels that have stuff done to them. Yeah, oh, yeah, defaced yeah. vowels in those names. So uh, why are we watching this this week? Uh, it's because Paul, who won our Oscars pool. Uh, including his prediction that this would win Best International Film, selected this as his prize. was, uh, And it was sort of as a prize and a gift to us. So Paul says, there's something very universal about middle age and the feelings of purposelessness that plague so many at present. And, if, and the truly joyful reclaiming of that identity and purpose is so vivid and carefully drawn in this film, due in no small part to Mads' performance and a brilliant script, 
But perhaps there's something in there that speaks to pleasure to be found in the mundane at a time that we're all caught in relative limbo. And it was we, we discussed, Paul had some suggestions for this and some heavier things and some lighter things and settled on this as just the right amount of lightness for uh, what we deserve in our current moment. So another round 2020. For those of you who have not seen another round, I'm going to, I mean, like, this is going to definitely be, a, there's parts that I feel like can't go unspoiled, um, but I will do my best. And so this will be a little bit on, this will be like a, a little bit cleansed. But also, mm-hmm. if you definitely care about every little turn and surprise, you should probably watch it before listening to this excellent summary that I have prepared for you. So here's my five-sentence micro-summary of another round. Mads is a formerly good high school teacher who is now depressed and bad. At a 40th birthday party, he and three other formerly good high school teachers drink a lot and discuss the theory from psychologist Finn Skardergerd that the ideal <laughs> blood alcohol content for a human being is 0.05 at all times. And since they're all sad and have never heard of alcoholism, they decide it would be a great time to start drinking all day. Immediately, it works great and everybody is happy and there are no negative side effects. The choir teacher makes the kids <laughs> sing better. The soccer coach turns a nerdy kid into a super athlete. There's another one I forgot. And then Mads makes a much better high, becomes a much better high school teacher, although suspiciously... He exclusively lectures about famous alcoholics and how yeah. great they were. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Really would have been a dead giveaway. Almost like he's trying to justify something. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but if, like the kids are like, "Wow, it's like your personality changed all the time, and you're slurring your speech, and every lecture is about how dope it is that Churchill drank all day. Crazy." <laughs> anyway, they drink more, and so then they decide to drink even more, and it makes their lives even more better. And then they decide to try to get extremely drunk because they've never heard of anything, apparently. And then that has some mild negative consequences. So they go back to just drinking kind of a lot. And all the consequences, except one, uh, are reversed. And then everyone is super happy. And the kids graduate. And drinking is awesome. And alcohol is great. And there's no side effects for anybody except that one guy and his dog. But you should all just drink more. Drinking is great. And I don't totally understand Denmark. But I think the ending of the movie is that every kid who did well in high school is immediately conscripted into the Navy. Is that what right? Uh, okay, and that's the movie. I uh, I don't know about you, Hunter, but I think Alex maybe uh, brought a little bit of his own feelings to the table here in that last little summary. <laughs> he may he may have yeah he, I don't know he, he may he, have a bit if you got if he got that um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm glad that you you mentioned that one thing that you were saying off air before we started the same thing is which I guess maybe I'll just have you make the point again um, but that you said this movie has a special ability that I am utilizing mm-hmm. right now. Oh yeah, I mean I. What I was saying is that what I think that's really interesting about this film is that depending on sort of the the culture you're in, your culture's relationship with alcohol and your very personal relationship with alcohol is absolutely going to change um, your viewing, your reading and your enjoyment of this movie. Um, uh, And I think that is entirely intentional. I mean, I know for a fact it's entirely intentional. I was reading some mm. uh, interviews with the director and Mads last night about this, but yeah, it is. It is absolutely the type of thing, you know. The the guy, this director's previous film, The Hunt, also starring Mads Nicholson, you know, was also you know very heavy and deals with a lot of really fucked up stuff. Um, but this movie kind of does it in a way that sort of wraps it in this. And this thing that you can like take this very sort of surface level reading of it. And, but if you sort of like the more it sits with you and the more you think about it, the more you're going to kind of get out of it. 
Uh, but yeah, it is absolutely depending on your relationship with alcohol. You know, me as somebody who has, you know, been sober almost, you know, a year and a half, two years at this point, uh, and yeah. has had uh, a lot of issues, you know, especially with alcohol and has spent uh, a godly, ungodly amount of time uh, day drinking, showing up, being a high functioning alcoholic and drug addict, which I was for 10 years, you know, like I... Like, showing up drunk to work was something I did and got promoted for constantly uh, <laughs> at every job I ever had. I, well, look, man, yeah. those kids got to learn history. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, I definitely have a lot of, um, you know, sort of feelings going into this. I was very cautious about wanting to watch this because, you know, I've only, only been sober for a little over a year at this point, yeah. and I was, you know, sort of kind of in my head about it but the thing i really enjoyed about this movie i think is because it is so much of what you want to bring to it uh it is not a moralizing movie which is honestly more so than being like a celebrating of drinking um i thought like being a real moralizing movie was actually my biggest fear of what this was going to be because i just hate that shit uh i hate movies that moralize about like if you drink once, everything, your whole life is going to fall apart. Or like drug movies in general. Um, I just really hate usually the way they portray drug addiction. You know, mm-hmm. like stuff like mm-hmm. um, like Requiem for a Dream or stuff like that. Yeah, I just oh think God. it's so like, it's uh, like the the point of that movie is if you do drugs once in six months, you're going to be getting fucked in the ass at some pervert's party. And it's just like, yeah, they're oh. going to cut, you're going to, they're going to have to cut your arm yeah, it's off. Like, All right, right. Thanks mom. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, and I just, I just hate that stuff. But this, I, so I, I just want to, okay. So, so then I want to just say then that I feel like this might be a little, for me, a little far on the other side of the pendulum. And I know you said that it was intentionally leaving this open, but like the director, writer director also said that the story was created to be a celebration of alcohol based on the thesis that world history would have been different without it. I mean, that's true. Like the, the purpose of it was to celebrate how great alcohol is. And so to have a movie where even something terrible happens because of it, and then everyone else is like, but at least not me, huh? And then they all go back to just having a great time. And the thing that freaks me out a little bit. So, my, I mean, my history is obviously very, um, is, is like what I'm bringing to the table is obviously a little bit negative to begin with, which yeah. is uh, that I am not a big, uh, not a big drinker uh, because I have um, watched several people uh, who I know well um, either die or close to it from it. And so I'm just a little bit. Uh, intimidated by the whole world. I'm and not thrilled with it being celebrated. Yeah, that's why you chose to go into a career that you never have to hang out with any drunks ever. Well, <laughs> I, you know, it's a fascinating, I mean, especially in the, I think it's especially because of the career where I work with mostly people. Well, at the level I'm at, I'm working with a lot of people who are um, about to get sober. Um, the people who are the next level up for me are a lot of people who got sober because the ones who didn't get sober are not able to continue to function anymore. And the people below me are like just still enjoying the fact that they get paid in drinks every night of the week. So I'm in a kind of a transitional phase at my level in comedy. But certainly watching people in comedy ruin themselves has made it um, even less appealing. Yeah, it's not, it's um, not great. To me. But, but mostly there's a lot of family things before this that have kept me. It's like even in college when everyone was just starting to get really into this, it did not oh, seem fun to yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Alex, you know, like there's, there's uh, 
two types of people who, like, really don't drink, right? Really religious people and people who grew up around alcoholics, right? And I've yeah. never seen you pray before. So it's always <laughs> been pretty obvious where you fall into that category. Um, yeah, so the thing with that that freaks me out in this movie, the, as far as, like, me putting my stuff onto it, the thing that actually freaks me out is that Mads says, no, thank you, I don't want to drink, over and over and over again, and then does anyway. Yeah. And specifically because the movie includes them saying, well, like at one point they remember alcoholism exists and they're like, oh, that's not us because we can control it. We can choose it. Other people can't control it. And then later to have them <laughs> choose not to and then do it anyway, it feels like it. I, I feel like if you watch this without feeling like there is a dark undercurrent to it, um, I, that seems like a willful choice to miss parts of the movie. And I'm not saying it's as dark as I made it in my summary. It's, Obviously, it's not. It's incredibly dark. How is, it, how, how is there not a dark undercurrent? Yeah, like, I'm confused as to the movie you're describing. Yeah. Like, okay, you're, it feels so like you're just, describing just, well, a different I mean, movie. In, in terms of the way Paul described it as so beautifully life-affirming, and I think that those things exist, but, like, it's that something with the be, dark undercurrent. But can't something be, like, dark and kind of tragic, but also beautifully life-affirming? Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it can. And that's how, so that's what you're bringing to this table? Uh, I'm just bringing to the table that I I feel like the you, you, I feel like the way you're describing the movie makes it feel like the movie doesn't have anything dark in it, and I feel like the entire, especially let's talk about the first act of the movie. Absolutely, none of it works without the tension of understanding that this is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> the movie would completely fall well, apart. Yeah, and like uh, uh, completely, it would completely fall apart if you didn't, as a viewer, sit there and think, "Wow, well, this is." a uh, very not good idea and for these teachers to be doing this. What I right. think is so uh, great about this movie is that it's it is uh it's not really about alcohol, right? It's more about midlife crisis. It's about right. sort of men of a certain age and sort of like the alcohol is the vehicle in which they express and act out their sort of midlife crisis, right? Yes. So there is that level to it, but yeah, I think like Hunter is Right, yeah. like there's absolutely like I think the ending, right? So I don't want to like I feel I don't want to spoil the very very end, but like hell, it's very the, hard to talk about this movie without spoiling the yeah, ending, the, especially yeah. in in regards to this particular subject because yes. where the movie ends up on this stuff is important yeah. if you're trying to I well, don't know I just figure out what the movie dance is. around it a little well, bit. I'm I just, enjoying you trying. I just want to <laughs> what, what I was trying to say is I, I don't feel too bad spoiling it because it's literally uh, the clip they showed at the Oscars, which I thought was right. It's also like the poster. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, oh, you mean just him in front of the the Navy sailors? Yes, but no, like mm -hmm. the very last shot of this movie, right? It's oh yeah, it's yeah. him, him wanting to fly, but he's going to fall. Right, like that is absolute. That's the image the movie leaves you in, with on. Right, it's a very it's, potent it's a image. Freeze frame of him jumping yeah. uh, off a dock but, into the sea. But the, the the point, the actual power of the image is, it looks like he's going to fly, but we all right. know he is not going to fly. Right, that is mm. that is like an incredibly that's really dark good. image to end your movie on. We know and he's about to be damp. Yeah, and what yeah. I what I really love about I think like what I really enjoyed about this movie is like I said, uh, so I think that there's another movie, the only other movie kind of really about drugs that I truly love and I think is an absolute masterpiece is uh, Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant, Port of New Orleans, um, oh. which has one of Nick Cage's best performance 
It's a fucking oh. wild movie. It's hilarious. Oh, I've seen clips from yeah, this movie. It's, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> um, but that movie. What? Is, How have I? I've not heard of this even in my Nick Cage depth. Oh yeah, this might have to be for our, an, an upcoming Nick Cage film yes, festival. Yes, I would absolutely. This is one of my. It's one of my favorite movies, and it is. I think. What? I think it is the greatest um, portrayal of drug addiction of what it feels like to be in the throes of drug addiction uh, that I've ever seen in any movie, and it it does that because it doesn't moralize. It doesn't, it's not sappy. It's incredibly over the top and si- silly and incredibly violent and fucked up. But it is like what it feels like to be in a drug, uh, in a few drug uh, adult state. And the movie nails that really well. And I think this movie mm. does a lot of the same thing from my own personal experience with alcoholism. Like, I, that's one of the things I really appreciated about this movie is like kind of what you were sort of poking fun at in the summary is the way that it seems like nothing is going bad. They're just getting rewarded for this. Except, again, there's, they, they're not, right? It's when you're in... Right, the so, yeah, throws- so there's this moment that I think is really important where um, he is being confronted by his... Mads being confronted by his family, and he's like, I'm sorry. They're like, I'm sorry, I'm, he, he's drunk. And then his son is like, well, yeah, but you've been drunk for a couple weeks, right? Yes. Like where that's the only moment that I can remember where it's like, oh, the portrayal of how great everything is going is from him, his point of view. And other people are not having as much fun. Exactly. Right. And I think yes. that is a big part of what makes this movie so interesting is that it is told from the character's perspective. And in that way, when you're yeah. in the throes of like a bender or, you know, whatever, everything is great until it's not. Right. You, yeah. The, right. the brain's ability to disassociate and compartmentalize uh, ha- it will allow you to do this. And that's something that I think the movie does so well, especially that line you just said. To me, that is like. Exactly. I was just about yeah. to bring that up. I was like, when they say the thing about yeah. alcohol, we're not alcoholics. You're not supposed to hear them say that and be like, well, he's right. And it's been said <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Yeah, that's correct. But, right. yeah. and that's he the might be unreliable. Well. Yeah. The line yeah. from the sun about you, you've been drunk for a long time. It's like, to me, that is that like hit me like a ton of bricks. It's such a profound uh, line for like, like it reframes everything you have just seen in the 40 minutes before that. Like right. every yeah. single yeah, yeah, yeah. scene. Uh, has a brand new context from this one line of dialogue in that son's performance. Um, and I think like that yeah. is like, this movie's so great at stuff like that. I mean, there's stuff with like, you know, the stuff with his wife and sort of her, uh, what's going on with her. There's like, a, before it comes out, there's a scene in a tent when she says a line about like, maybe too long. And you immediately know what that means. Or at least I did well before it's revealed right like it this movie is so good about these like little lines of dialogue that are so wait she wasn't loving. talking about his, his his dong uh no not in that sense <laughs> uh, okay because they were doing it in oh, that yeah. tent right despite the fact that their kids were in another tent right next door is yeah, like dude, that, that is a weird. thin wall that is I mean, that was weird i think it's just to me it's like a lot of things in this movie that i just like i don't know maybe it's a danish thing i don't know i, I don't <laughs> It's a Danish thing for us to hear mommy and daddy and the other yeah. two. And they were teenagers. They know what's it's not like, oh, they were wrestling. Those kids yeah. are like, oh, we have to listen to this while we're um, like I hear I hear owls, I hear a coyote, the beautiful lake, and then I'm gonna that. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that that is weird across the board. Yeah. That even no, if Danish we ask thing. a Danish that's person, a really solid like, no. way to think about it. this is all it's a Danish thing. I mean it is just like getting, going straight into the navy when you graduate with a nut with a B in history. I mean, that's a, <laughs> all that stuff about like 
the way Danish well, for, for people who have not actually seen the movie. And... They might actually have to do service in Denmark. They might have know. to, but what's, what they just wear these hats. Yeah. It's just when you graduate, you get a hat, and it looks like a Navy hat, and then they yeah. do party on a boat. But that's, anyway, that's what I'm referring to. It does look like they're getting conscripted, and they're like, yes. you did great. Have some champagne. Go fight yeah, a war. And like, oh, I mean, speaking of that, that does go to another thing to go back for a minute about him, yeah. f- him flying or falling into the water. What body of water is he jumping into as well? Right, literally uh, um, the one that killed his friend. Right, that is like uh, also again how loaded that imagery right. is. Right, yes. like he is yes. literally jumping. Right. Well, but it's also the one that provided him a fresh codfish, or it didn't. Yeah. I can't remember how uh, that. I don't think they got a codfish. But, they didn't get a codfish. But yeah, okay, I mean, this right. movie to me like really does. I thought you were asking me what the actual body of water yeah. was, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Give me a second to Google it. It's Denmark. Yeah. It's surrounded by water, but I don't know. Uh, the North Sea is the correct answer. Yeah. It's the North Sea. Um, probably. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I really did enjoy this movie. And I really I really want to sort of take a moment to... Uh, can we talk about Mad's performance? And it, Yeah, we should definitely talk about Mad's we, performance. I think that would be great. Also, well, actually, before we do that, can we just talk about what a great name Mad's is? Oh, yeah. Holy uh, cow. Well, every, There's not a better name out it. there than Mad's. Okay, first off, it's like a nickname as a real yeah, name. Yeah, the nickname... It's like... Was, the nickname was so good, it became his real name. I mean, Mad's Nicholson... <laughs> I, I just want to... Not even about his performance. Let's talk about the man for a minute. All right? Because one... <laughs> the man, the Mad's. Mad's Nicholson is... I mean, talk about hitting like the life jackpot, right? Genetically, he got that goddamn name. He's got that yeah. that fucking face. That's stunning. Face. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm a yeah. I'm a huge fan of Matt Nicholson. Uh, I think he is incredible in everything I've seen him in. Like most people uh, in the states, at least the first thing I saw him in was Casino Royale. He's really, mm. really good in that. Uh, he has gone on to give so many great performances over the years, be wasted in a lot of Disney stuff, uh, which is always mm-hmm. really sad when he like shows up in Star Wars just to be lame. Uh-huh. Uh, but like specifically, uh, last few years, I'm a big fan of Brian Fuller's Hannibal, uh, which ran for three seasons on NBC, and he plays yeah. Hannibal Lecter in it, and he is incredible in that role. Uh, he does. He's doing a lot of video game stuff with Hideo Kojima, which is really fun. He's great in Death Stranding. Uh, but between uh, like stuff like this, The Hunt, uh, Hannibal, him as Hannibal Lecter, he's just one of these actors who constantly amazes me, and it bums me out that yeah. they're like gonna go to Leonardo DiCaprio for the American remake of this when it's like Mad speaks English. We've seen him speak English. <laughs> He could, he could just what one. Wait, could he just do that? Could he just? Could they cast him as him as the same I role? Mean, why not? That's happened before. Like they've done. It has. Ha- oh, it, yeah. it had to have. Yeah, that's happened a handful of times. People have, you know, when the first. I mean, I was thinking about this. Like, what was the last time a, uh, of like a remake was like a hit? Not like a remake, like a remake of an old movie, but like a, a big international an hit. Yeah, it gets an English remake. They've. They were very, very popular, I feel like, when we were growing up. But the last um, few years, we the, have had... What was the... Um, was Eyes Wide Shut? No, that's the that original Stanley Kubrick <laughs> movie. There, there was Let Me In, yeah. the Let the Right One In yes. remake. There was okay. the Old Boy remake. Yes, there was the... What else? Uh, well, the Force Majora just got a remake with Will Ferrell, like, oh. last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that Brian Cranston, Kevin Hurt movie that was a remake of that French film 
that again like it just feels like most what about the wasn't the ring originally another language yes, the ring yeah, ring yeah. It was japanese, japanese form, yeah. but like yeah okay that was the ring was probably the last i mean i'm sure there has to be another one but that was like the last big remake hit i can think of i can't think of like okay quick google giving me some more suggestions the departed yeah that's in tone into is in, that what was that legit or did he just say that he kind of ripped no, no, it off the, and the took it is remake of internal in, affairs it's so okay. in, part of this okay, um, okay. I, I, I thought it was more of a like yeah, nod it's a, than a it was remake an of remake. infernal affairs not internal affairs. Sorry, infernal yeah. affairs good catch thank you um the talented mr ripley Yes, but again, that um, was and also twelve that. monkeys yeah. are listed on this as big English yeah. language well, remakes I mean, of foreign films. Twelve, uh, 12 monkeys is based off a thirty-minute short, experimental French uh, short. Okay. But like the the last few years, like that Brian Cranston, oh, Kaja Full, the Birdcage. Yeah. There's another. Oh yeah, one. the Birdcage. Yeah. But again, no. that was in the nineties. That's what I was saying. Like there used yeah, to be old. really big uh, hits. These like American remakes, but over the yeah. last few years, like that Force Majora remake. I I don't know anyone who saw that or said good things about it. The uh, that like the Brian Cranston movie I keep referencing. I forget what it's called, but like that was like a huge French hit, and then like nobody saw the remake here. So I don't quite understand the idea of remaking this. It's such a weird choice. You can just also you can just read the movie. Yeah, it's right there. You can just read it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's good already. And also, yeah, just I don't know this. It feels so dirty that the idea of pushing this into a uh, like it won awards and we were like, we're too lazy to read. We're going to remake it. Like we already heard about it. It's not yeah. like this is a movie that never got any English play. And so we have to. I, just, yeah, I mean, it they, feels they, so embarrassing for us as a country that Leonardo DiCaprio is. And they especially this. have to like there's certain things that just like there'll have to be college professors in the remake. Right. Like they cannot be high school. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting part of this because the movie is about um, like well, supposedly in, um, was originally partly about high school drinking culture. Yeah, I mean in, it, the in Copenhagen. It, so the it's bookended, right? The movie that's also another thing about like the mid like the midlife crisis thing that I really love about this movie. The movie opens and closes with youth drinking events. Right. Yeah. And there's I mean, there's a couple like even though that you, you could argue that maybe things are not working out perfectly for the adult men in the experiment. But that one kid only passes Kierkegaard because he's drinking the nerdy soccer kid like he's going to have a whole future now because of the because of the uh, adults drinking. I mean, really, though, like all those kids only passed history because of him drinking. So really, the key is binge drink for the children. <laughs> That's the message of the movie. I mean, that's that's what my parents always said they were doing. Uh, no, my my parents didn't drink. Um, but I, yeah, I, that's a very dark joke if they yeah. did. Um, I I want to go back to a second for the to the midlife crisis uh, part of this because I do think that's really interesting. I I don't. I mean, I'm a little young to have done it, um, so I don't know exactly how it feels. I don't feel super relate. I don't relate super heavily to these uh, yeah. these guys. Is that your convertible Mercedes going off in the background you just bought, Alex? Wait. Oh, sorry. Wait, <laughs> yeah, can you shut that yeah, down? So. Wait. Hey, <laughs> Alex, are you wearing those gravity boots again and podcasting up and down? You just started doing that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like... It's hard for me to relate to these in particular, though, because the things that turn his marriage around is he makes dinner... And they go on vacation once. So it does feel like, actually, in order to have saved his marriage, instead of drinking, he could have just 
tried a little. I mean, again, that's kind of the point, right? Well, like he, that, he, but he also doesn't really save the marriage, right? Yeah. I mean, like, how is the marriage saved by the end well, of it? Well, she was already she was already doing what she was doing, and he needed to mess up so that she would confess and then end that and then get back together with him, I think. Yeah. It feels to me like we're... Sub- I don't know. The texts at the end, I feel like are supposed to imply that the marriage is like all better, the better for this all having happened. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't so. know that I agree. I yeah. think, I, I think maybe that was another, that was a window we left open for that ominous kind yeah. of like ending. Yeah, essentially. I think you're, you're right in the sense that like him having just put in a little bit more effort would have saved his marriage. But I don't think that's a criticism of the movie. I think that's the mm-hmm. point. Like that is, what they're trying yeah, to sure. say yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah no that was, i didn't mean it as a criticism yeah. of the movie i meant it as a criticism of his midlife crisis which was like dude have you ever thought of trying yeah, but i mean that's right same thing with school was like man maybe if this is job is boring you could try you could figure out how to make it more interesting you could do right. literally which, anything else. which it's interesting though but then again kind of follow that up with uh these people are like well the only way we can figure out how to try is to drink like yeah. it's it ever all of the drinking in this movie is all coping. None of it yes. is yes. just like oh, we love drinking. Like you know, it's yeah. It's it all also, them really trying feels to like do therapy something else. would have been helpful for yeah. all of them. Oh, uh, totally, yeah. totally. I, I, I totally get the idea of like you, these guys should have sat down and tried something else. Yeah, yeah. this idea they came up with was not uh, the right plan. Yeah, that's yeah. That's not a criticism of the movie. Just a criticism of mads's character's philosophy mm. on life uh that was yeah. what i was getting yeah at. he it is like i think that the sort of thing you said earlier too about this movie is a lot about sort of uh alcohol as related to history which i think is also a yeah. very fascinating thing like there is one you know there's genuine proof out there that the reason why humans went from you know like a hunter-gatherer to agricultural and like started building communities was one for safety and also two you needed that to build to brew alcohol right like alcohol <laughs> is a reason why societies were formed like that is sure there's a lot of and was that a good to, was that a good plan or yeah, not I, do we how do we feel about society <laughs> not i mean is this a, a successful experiment or should we go back I would to walking say, around I would say the same thing about society as i would say about alcohol it's uh it's okay to sometimes it will kill you. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> it's got its good parts for sure. But I, I th- <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I, I do think that is like, so that's a very reasonable point. And I think there's a lot about history and alcohol that would be interesting to discuss. Although his point that he makes in high school to his kids, where he's like, which of these three people would you vote for? This guy who drinks a lot and is mean to everybody. This guy who drinks a lot, this guy who eats vegetables. And they're like vegetable guy. And he's like, that's Hitler. You just voted for Hitler. You idiot. It does feel like it's a bit selective of the facts he gave them. It may have been a little misleading in the way he presented that information. I I think that was, again, kind of the point of what he was trying to do. Like, I I think he was trying to justify something to himself and also try to um, sort of make a point about... I get, yeah, I would just I would just point out that, like, as a as a vegetarian, I feel like that's not the thing that I hate about Hitler. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, there's a lot of stuff that Hitler did and his like eating vegetables is not the thing that I would focus on. And I would also suggest not a causal relationship. Yeah, I mean, Alex, yeah. I really you got to stop like talking about defending Hitler so much on this podcast. You really are like, <laughs> yeah, look, I know. I don't know why you're such a big Hitler yeah, guy. Yeah, like, like, look, somebody every time we do a show, I try to Hitler. work in. 
I try to come in and say just in, in the defense of Hitler's diet. It's not Hitler. I just want to defend yeah, I, his I diet. Get it. I get it. You think he did nothing wrong. All right. Can we move on? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Also, he didn't, Churchill hey, he didn't, uh, he didn't did do anything wrong, wrong at the dinner table yeah. is what he said. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Churchill's drinking was maybe uh, an interesting. I mean, actually, Churchill and and his relationship to drinking is a very interesting yeah, story and, and has a lot. Like, I think there's a lot of of uh, in depth and, uh, books to read about yeah, that. And Churchill uh, but, was a fucking monster. The only reason when he's yeah, not absolutely he, a monster. The only reason why he's not viewed a monster is because his side won, right? Like, if yeah, if well, and because we've chosen not to ever talk about India. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, <laughs> but, that's a choice that we could make right now to like read about India and we're like now nah, we're good but it is <laughs> like I think especially like, there's like sort of this montage in the middle of like a lot of European leaders and sort of the the way alcohol has yeah. like clearly is something that is so embedded into like the politics and the fabric of the film which is something I think is really interesting um, yeah that does seem like that especially because it was a clip a series of real clips of like Bill Clinton being drunk and giggly and like other politicians clearly being drunk and giggly. It seemed to be suggesting that being drunk in politics was good, right? Would you not say that was part of no, that point no, of the movie? I think, no, uh, definitely not. No, no, no. I don't think. No, any I think that, it was trying to say, look at world leaders; they're also drunk. Yeah, or like that. This being drunk world leaders are a again a common. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Actually, I need to just unpack this now. So, what about what about that was? Like when you're sitting there seeing that, being like, it's it's saying that world leaders are drinking and that's great, or that 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 that's good. I didn't get a good or bad out of it. Mm. How did you get the good? Well, part? so you know, okay, so it's an interesting film choice to show clips of real things, to show like newsreel yes. footage from real life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, and they were like, their performance at work was improved, and then they show a bunch of famous people at work being drunk. Mm-hmm. I feel like that there's a connection in the way they are filming that, and I'm not crazy for drawing the con- conclusion that the director who made a movie to celebrate drinking was suggesting that drinking at work is helpful for world leaders. I mean, I think uh, I don't yes. think that's so, a crazy no. point of view. I think that the the common the theme there is that right it goes back to the Churchill FDO drinking thing, right? Like there is it is the same then as it is now, right? That was the point of that scene, right? Is that world leaders. A lot of them yes. are still alcoholics. A lot of powerful people still drink a lot. And like, again, I think that this movie doesn't really kind of come down on, you know, moderation is key or whatever, right? It's it's, it's more a personal thing than that. Uh, but I think the, the point he, that that was trying to show is the sort of like, one, the sort of the common consistency of alcohol in like halls of power and, you know, all over the world, but also the way that, you know, alcoholism and drinking is, it's a, not only a thing that's embedded in our culture, but it's also a top down thing. Like, what are you supposed to think, uh, when, you know, our leaders are openly drunk? Like, what does that say about us as a people, as a society? And two, the other thing that I kind of had, I think that may kind of, why we're all a little vague on this scene is, uh, I think maybe if we lived in, uh, Denmark and had more of a history for their leaders, maybe we would understand. Right. Like maybe those people they were showing had famous downfalls from alcoholism, right? Right. I, yeah, did, I didn't I did not know a lot I, of those. I recognize like Bill Clinton and Angela Merkel, but I don't yeah. I didn't recognize a lot of those other weird looking freaks. Right. And I also same, maybe same. this is just yeah. me, but I assume that like like with the Bill Clinton one, it was like he was at like 
a state dinner party with this person and then gave a press con. It wasn't like this was during the day while he was trying to decide NAFTA. I mean, it could have been. Yeah. I mean, it could have been, but that, that was my assumption. And I assume the same thing is true of Angela, Mer- Angela Merkel, who, if you watch her speak most of the time, seems like the, like, like, negative blood alcohol content like the most sober a human sure, could yes, be yes. is Ang- angela merkel but i don't know I, I i i don't know that i know enough to to stand uh, yeah, i mean the, i don't know there those might are, be the, this, this is a, a from a dumb point of view that's what yeah, i just, assume just from a surface people. thing i just want to I, I just want to put something in context because i don't want to i don't know i don't want to mislead people or like like because we talk a lot about uh thus far about how they drink and then great things happen for them but even when um, you're in the first act and mostly they're drinking good things are happening um, a lot of the scenes around that time are actually kind of horrifying and like like oh shit moments are happening yeah. all the time there's the scene where mads shows up to school and he's drunker than he has been before yes and he's walking around he's so obviously drunk in like the break room he runs into a wall he's got like blood coming out of his nose and, and it might and then be the one of the scene, top best yeah stunt walking into a wall moments i've ever so seen good. on film it was so a good. brilliant fake walking into wall moment it was so good the we timing know they the that, sound they didn't do any drinking visceral. on this this set right like they're not actually drinking at all right um i read that they drank a lot around each other the at the four stars let me yeah. see um to like get less awkward around each other they drank a lot together right i, um, I believe that but yeah but pro- presumably not while filming yeah, um, um, I just yeah, I just because a lot of the the drunk acting is really good. But oh, I just wanted yeah, to say so they watched a lot that. of videos of YouTube videos of drunk people right. um, to get really in that zone. Yeah. During production, the four main actors in Wittenberg would meet to drink just enough to let go of the embarrassment in front of each other. They would watch drunk people on YouTube to better understand how completely inebriated people would act. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and it's 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 good. They're, they're very good at that uh, in this movie. But uh the point I'm trying to make here is that even with uh, how good Mads is at teaching, and and he truly, it's it's funny how good he is because there's so much tension going into, especially that scene of you thinking like, oh my god, he is so drunk right now. How well is this going to go? Right. And a lot of the hilarity to me of this movie are scenes like that where it does actually go good, but most of the time when good things happen in this movie, they are um, couched in dark things as well Mm -hmm. so to me it never really feels like a simple movie that has only one thing to say about drinking or alcohol the one place where that's weird is that the kids do like they're like we're not going to pass the final exams because you're such a bad history teacher and then he gets drunk and then they all pass yes and the kid who learns how to play soccer and the kid who drinks during the exam it does seem like it's unambiguously good for the students well, except for alcohol also kills you. Like, it's also a poison. Yeah, so, that's... And, and, and that is like in the movie. I don't enough of that. I think... I, 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 well, okay, fine. Then I think that is maybe where people kind of fall on the bad side of this movie is not feeling that it's hard enough on alcohol. That's what I feel. I don't, like, I, I agree with the point Anthony was making before about, like, the moralistic versions of these movies being so unwatchable. But I did feel like we got a little bit less time with the people it wasn't working for. And they were like, look, yeah, yeah. Some of the people it's not working for, but let's focus on the good ones. That's what it felt like as a balance. That's, I guess that would be my only, well, so my main feeling of this movie is that it is hard for me to have fun. I feel like there's enough of this that feels real and 
deeply sad that it's hard for me to enjoy um, as a comedy drama, um, especially that most of the movie, I just felt this like deep pit in my stomach of remembering all of the bad things that I've seen happen. And so it's not a fun light thing that way for me. So I did not, I I did not find it particularly life affirming. I mostly found it deeply, deeply depressing. And so I didn't really find it life affirming either. I'm actually kind of confused by that. I mean, uh, description of the movie a little bit. That's again, like the thing I think is so fascinating about this movie, and especially the ending is that I have seen a lot of people, say that they found the ending to be incredibly life affirming, incredibly like uplifting. And like, I think that is, I didn't get that either. I don't think any of us got that from it. I, Um, I, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't, but definitely enough people have, I don't feel like I'm making up that that's a possibility. I wonder if that's, if if this is a, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess no one can be right, uh, I guess about, about a movie, but I, I wouldn't agree if, if someone on this podcast had that reading, I would be really interested to know yeah, why they have that reading of it. I Yeah. So but I guess, but yeah, my main takeaway from this was, especially it was weird because we were recording this a little bit early so that Hunter can do something dirty with silver dollars. And so <laughs> I had, I watched it in the middle of the afternoon while my wife was working nearby. And I, it was weird. It was a very weird feeling where the middle of my day, I just felt like I left this movie feeling very depressed and I it was a, a strange thing to like, it might've been different if I'd watched it in the evening and it might've been different if I watched it with someone else who was also watching the movie so we could talk about it. But instead I just left feeling like just deeply, deeply bummed. Yeah. And that is a yeah. weird and it's it, it, like, and I get that that's my fault. Like if you, if you knew someone who died in a freak Lego accident, you would not enjoy watching a show where they build extremely high Lego towers or whatever. Yeah, like I right. get that that's, there's a thing that I'm a little this. more obvious of a connection though. Yeah. than the Lego, thing, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But um, yeah, that, that was, it just was a, it just sat weird. It just sat a little, I mean, I hate, I hate to use this word cause it's been so um, uh, misused now, uh, but it felt like it was like just triggered a, a bad memory. Mm-hmm. It was a little triggering yeah. of bad memories more That's than I fair. would like. I, I also think that the stuff I heard about the movie prepared me for it to go really light on alcohol or like, like, and then I was surprised by how dark the movie was. Uh, so it's possible that I am, I was prepped the wrong way and then sat down and and the darker aspects of the movie are uh, a little more cogent to me. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I did. I just in terms of like being light on it, I did. It did still feel like it was very light on it to me, especially the fact that we almost never saw them have headaches. And like, really, they're <laughs> 40. This should this movie was really about four men studying the effects of headaches more right. than anything else every day they would have every felt, day yeah, every yeah. single day they would have had headaches I mean, and they just get yeah. used they're to drinking it. a lot of clear liquor so i mean that definitely helps um <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. Who's had a lot of headaches. they're 40 um, when my friends yeah. turned 30 it just like all the headaches turned on the next day and i'm not saying people don't drink as they work in school but i know a lot of teachers and i can tell you that all of them have gone to school hungover so yeah. that's the thing we're missing is a little more of the headache effects. Well, I mean, first right. off, you can't be hung over if you don't stop drinking, right? So that's the secret to a hangover. Well, I mean, that is, I, um, I buy that. It's like, it reminds me of like hot salsa where like it's, you don't feel the heat until you stop eating them. Yeah. Um, I assume it's just like that. So like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's totally accurate. Yeah. All right. So we need to wrap up on the segment. Last thoughts on another round. 
I think for me, this this is um, there haven't, in my opinion, I haven't seen a lot of good movies about drinking. I can't actually think of a better one than this off the top of my head. You know, I was thinking about doing as the argument movies about drinking, and I just did not. I didn't settle on anything. I mean, it has to I, be The Hangover, right? That's the only one. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Um, <laughs> that one. Talk about a movie that goes light on alcohol. Um, I, I I think for me, this had the right you know parts of like like it felt to me accurate in its depiction, and I I enjoyed um, I enjoyed the light fun of it, and then the dark reality of it too at the same time, and it just felt very appropriate. Like this, if this is a movie about alcohol, it feels to me like a, a very true to the experience of experiencing alcohol. Like it's this, it's this substance that has all this history built into it, and also uh, it can be a lot of fun, and it kills you. Like, yeah. right? I felt all those things in the movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. especially when you look at like European countries where it's just, I mean, it is in America, right? Like bred into the or weaved into the fabric of a society but you look at right you know the uh, from this just my reading of the film the way it is and you know weaved into danish society it's it's like impossible yeah, to well, get away point, from you know the point you made about the american remake being like about college is that it is so tied into the fabric of college yes experience this is into the fabric of the high school experience and it does feel I don't know. I I feel very puritanical watching it. I feel like, oh, but you're just you're just little babies. <laughs> that can't be good for you. Uh, yeah, but also you're a baby at 21. Yeah. I I don't. Uh, no, I it's feel so like, true. So true. You no, know, drinking age should be like 40 or <laughs> or like or fuck it. Well, I think that's my yeah, that's I mean, how I feel I, about that. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of interesting you know statistics out there about like the drinking age is way lower in U- Europe, right? And the drinking deaths, especially among youth and people uh, young, is incredibly lower because of that. Yeah, right. Mm. The the reason like culturally we don't have a lot of room to talk comparatively yeah, there I mean, we, or be yeah. like kind of judgmental. Our I guess alcohol laws here in this country because it is something that especially minors, people who are under twenty one, have to drink in secret. They feel like they have to consume all of it. They feel like they have to get rid of the evidence, right? If they're doing it, right. Uh, so that's- also, it seems like they, because it's at college, they mostly are doing it once they leave their parents' house, as opposed yeah. to having to come home to their parents drunk. So it's a different incentive. It's like you, you're- you, you learn about alcohol completely outside of the family unit, yeah. which is probably bad because you're not getting good. You could you could get a better education in the consumption Super of this thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, there's certainly, you know, that's like a very interesting conversation. Um, yeah. I, I think sort of my final thoughts on the movie is I, I wanted to sort of call out a few things about just one. Uh, I thought I really loved the cinematography in this movie. I think that showing stuff like showing text on screen is a really interesting problem that has come mm-hmm. up in the last 15, 20 years of film. And a lot of movies try weird, stylistic things to show like a text message. I love the way this movie just did the black screen with the font on it. I thought that was yeah, super was simple, nice. super clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and since you'd mentioned the the cinematography, I think it's worth uh, just a brief digression that I went down on Wikipedia about Vintenberg, the director, writer-director, is that he was... Um, a big part of the a, a a movement in the '90s in film that was basically like 
no special effects, no props, no yeah, lighting, dogma, everything. Dogma 95. Yeah, dogma 95. Dogma 95. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so he's like, he is all about doing extremely simple and honest type of filmmaking. And obviously, this is not part of the rules of Dogma no. 95 because like his name is on it. Yeah. But it is interesting to have come out of that like minimalist, low budget world and then see how it, it affects yeah, I mean, the, the Danish filmmakers, right? Like him, Van Trier, uh, uh, Winding Refn, uh they all certainly have, you know, very unique styles. It's a very interesting uh, culture for film. Uh, and and yeah. it is, like, always interesting watching, like, films from Denmark and or, like, a lot of European or Asian films when you see, like, they're being produced through, like, state funds. And, like, it's a culture that wants to get movies and art made. So the culture rewards artists. And it's like, God, that would be nice. Um, yeah, what an interesting but, world. Yeah, yes. I uh, so I really love the cinematography. I, I want to call out uh, Mads Nichols. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen's the way he can make his eyes water is just it's stunning. <laughs> the way he can go from dry eyes to slightly damp in a second is very always, impressive. Yeah, uh, amazing. And I do think, especially because this director worked with Mads uh, in the past and he wrote this movie, I it must have been with him in mind. And I always love. Uh, when something like that happens, because you yeah. can take, uh, you know, Maz Mikkelsen is one of those guys who, like, he was a professional dancer who kind of stumbled into acting because he has that fucking face, right? He, there's no right. way you can have that face and not get in the movie classic somehow. Mikkelsen mode. Yeah, uh, so I love the idea that, like, we have this actor who we know has such a great dance background and, like, really giving him a chance to show that in the end. Uh, I just love stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's Perfect. phenomenal in this movie and yeah i that's a great that's a great note to wrap up on if you want to get more great times with mads check out rogue one <laughs> <laughs> um no hey if you want to get more great times with Mads, check out dr strange that he's also yeah, wasted right. in um so uh we have to do i'm gonna do one we have two things we got to do and we're already running kind of late so really quick Let's do a very quick argument. We're going to do a lightning argument. Yummy. Um, for the argument today, I'm just trying to pull back uh, who was winning. Um, I judged last time. You so. judged last time. And I won. I believe I won. Did I win? I never win. I think I, I, I think you did win. I think I did win. I think you were maybe being generous. Okay, great. So I'm going to be judging. So you no, up. you just won. You just I, I'm, I am not generous. All right. Oh. Oh, thank you, buddy. You just um, won. Okay, so anyway, so I won. So today I would like you two to tell me um, your top teacher is surprisingly good at teaching movie. Whoa. So a lot of good. Definitely there's been a lot of people, you know, standing up and or delivering. And <laughs> I would love to hear your favorite, your nominee for best teacher in film or best movie about a teacher teaching. Tell and me. my first thought was like dead poet yeah, society but like yeah, that movie classic. kind of annoys me at this point so oh, interesting. i don't know yeah so so, so you don't pick it because it's too classic or because the movie itself is like not aged as well in your head yeah i in my head well i haven't i haven't rewatched it in a minute so nobody nobody freak out if you're like what the movie still no slapped, i i totally but. i feel you though is that i feel like maybe the the culture around the movie is my main memory of it not the movie itself and i'm a yeah. little annoyed by that and i think that yeah that's fair yeah um let's see there's gotta be something better there's gotta be something better than that um yeah i'm trying to think uh 
nothing's really popping in my head right dead post society is i've never actually seen all, it. all right you know what fuck it fuck it i'll say school of rock school, I'll of, say rock. school of rock awesome. yeah solid Fine. i'll do that one yeah it's i mean it's it's good it's still you know what there are funny lines from school of rock that are just yeah, like yeah. in there just yeah. deep in the cranium and they're not getting out you know school of rock, yeah. school of rock is a fucking classic like that don't yeah don't yeah why solid. why are we uh like Pitting an asterisk on talking about School of Rock. Well, School I'm, of I'm not trying rules. to put an asterisk on it. I just thought I wanted to pull something wild out of my butt. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what, though? I I think I like that. Um, so I mentioned Santa Deliver already. Uh, obviously, I think Mr. Holland's Opus is up there. Dangerous Minds. I mean, I mean can, movie. Can, can we say Whiplash? Uh, I was gonna, I was just about great, to say. Yeah. I think for Anthony, the best choice is Whiplash. Yeah, for I mean, sure. that, that movie is certainly at my tempo. Um, yeah. What, <laughs> well, what's great about that as a movie about teachers is that he maybe kills his students. So it's he's definitely not a movie where the, he's a hero as a teacher. I mean, um, would we his methods are questionable. Would we consider uh, but, Harry yeah. Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban a movie about teachers? It's definitely a movie that takes place. At there school. are teachers. Yeah, yeah. You Harry know what? Potter series. Good, good pick too, because that's the one that's most about teachers. Yeah, too, I mean, I feel it's like. the best. Hit. It's the only good harry potter movie um yeah oh, hey, but, i like the way your voice lowered yeah, like just, somebody on this podcast yeah, was actually gonna get mad at you yeah. <laughs> um uh that's a great nomination all right you have to settle on one so you're going and remember you're going up against school of rock so you just have to beat school of rock oh i mean i gotta say whiplash then i mean okay whiplash i like that they're so, both so whiplash is school of rock but not funny yes so. yes um yeah, that's a tough choice. I love Whiplash as a movie. I do slightly feel like it is contributing to the idea that you have to be mean to people to teach them things. And Ooh. I don't respond well to mean coaching. That's not Alex. Got, you are the only way to get anything through Alex you. Alex is the judge. Is to, Alex is the judge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've known He's you, about to give it to me. I've He's about to give it to me. I've known you for a long time. <laughs> and bullying and belittling you is the only way to get you to learn anything. It is extremely effective. That's that's <laughs> You're right. I was completely lying about that. I respond only to mean coaching. And I would definitely try harder if it was that guy being so disappointed in me. Um, <laughs> and I think actually a big part of why I am as dumb as I am now is because I had a lot of teachers who were too nice um who were too positive who let me off too easily um but i mean like i school of rock i don't feel bad losing school of rock's a great movie uh school of rock is a great movie and it's a great answer and i i, I you know what i'm hemming and hawing but it's a lightning round we got to keep moving school of rock is the winner yes Best movie about teaching school of rock did you guys watch oh, yeah. um there was like a uh, like a fifteen or twenty year anniversary uh, reunion thing, uh, like a few was years it, was ago. It like a, a table read? No, it was oh, no. Uh, it was at uh, South by Southwest, I believe, and it was a live musical performance starring Jack Black and all the kids now grown up from School of Rock. Oh, that's fun! Uh, I didn't and, see that. You know, a lot of them were like the the kid who played guitar and that went on to be a professional guitar player so like a lot of them are very good musicians oh that's rad and all the singers oh, are really good but yeah it's if you want like a real feel good live music performance to put on the background just look at school of rock reunion and yeah they just oh. they just get together and play a bunch of songs from the movie and jack black is always super charismatic and you get to see all these little kids grown up grown fucking up 
Uh, did you? I'm sure you guys, because you guys both hang out a lot on the internet. I'm sure you saw this thing um, that's been circulating the last couple weeks about Jack Black's mom. I have not seen this. No. Oh no. Did you guys know Jack Black's mom was a genius? Mm-mm. She worked for NASA. Um, she contributed a lot of code to the Apollo missions, and then when she was pregnant, she took a math problem with her to the hospital, solved it during the whole process of <laughs> going through contractions, giving birth, and then called NASA after she gave birth and said, here's the answer to your math problem. Also, listen to the crying of Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was Jack. That was Jack's origin story was his genius NASA mom. That's incredible. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I mean, she didn't realize at the time that Jack was actually her biggest contribution to humanity, but she definitely felt like she'd done a lot that day have, a lot. Uh, have you guys seen that thing of uh jack black on that uh korean uh tv show he's like on uh korean television on a um no. on like a game show no. it's fucking great is he like on a on a giant uh propeller that's throwing him into a thing no 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 it's 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 a game show where it's like a game show where you're supposed to hear um music and then like sing it and then they're supposed to guess what song you're singing and obviously he's very good at that that sounds fun. He's very good at singing but it's like k-pop music oh. so he's like phonetically just trying to like get <laughs> it's That's so fun. funny it's great it's super charming yeah. you should you should check it out jack has turned out to be uh just a thorough delight in yeah. adulthood and yeah. a big fan. has a really fun twitch channel uh yeah. how many big yeah he's, that? <laughs> he's also yeah he's great on tiktok he's um, great at, he does a lot of like cool indie video game voice work he's just yeah jack Black he also awesome. my sister works for him i should mention i guess as a slight disclosure uh, my sister tours with his band sometimes and he's incredibly good to his staff damn dude um all right so one more thing before we go all right i want to dive quickly into the mailbag because we got a bunch of people all worked up talking about uh talking about our movie last week talking about galaxy quest so uh first from j number one who says the you guys may remember ezra asked the question which movie tv series would you like to go out into outer space and be considered the historical documents that somebody builds a society after and jay answers um the correct answer to ezra's historical document question had previously been identified in the episode the world is either the muppet movie Muppets take Manhattan or just the Muppet show should be the one to exist. <laughs> That's Hell, I would even take Sesame Street if that means less global conflict. Right. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it should be Sesame Street. I then. do think it might actually have to be Sesame Street. Um, although I do feel weird that an alien species would think it's just normal for someone to live in a trash can and have everyone hate him and then blame say, him even, for yeah. being grumpy. Even in your fantasy world, homeless problem is still a thing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, that would be a bit of an issue. Also, Jay says um, the Sir Patrick Stewart Christmas Carol is excellent, and as one would expect from a Shakespearean trained actor. So I don't recognize it um, since it's not gotten Muppets in it. I don't think it's a real Christmas Carol, but that does sound like a decent <laughs> suggestion. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not the original Christmas right, Carol. It's not the real one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like Dickens sat down and wrote a Muppet movie, but it was just a long time before Muppets yeah. existed to complete his vision. That was the best bit from that episode. It's just imagining you sitting there reading the Christmas Carol and be like, canonically, yeah, they, yeah. Are, obviously, they are Muppets. Obviously, this is being narrated by a Muppet with a huge nose. That's the only <laughs> yeah. thing that makes sense. <laughs> Um, and his and Rizzo uh, hanging out trying to get food. Um, okay, another email we got or a message we got from uh, Robin, um, one of our favorite correspondents. Robin says, I recommend, Alex, that you watch some Star Trek The Next Generation because it will provide important context for the intricate nuances of the porn parody that you watched. 
Ooh. And that's a good point. We've talked a little bit about watching a bit more Star Trek. Maybe this summer we'll do a little more Trek. Yeah. Um, Hunter's going to maybe, maybe even curate a little Trek Trek for me to go on. Um, and But the main reason is so that I can understand what I watched in that porn parody. Um, that is a, that's just, it's this weird hole in my, like, there's so many, I have, I have more questions than answers basically for right, watching right. that. So. Don't, Alex, yeah. can you, uh, not say weird hole in porn parody in the same sentence ever <laughs> again, please? Just do it's me not answer. even that weird. It's one of the standard three. All right. Anyway, um, lastly, uh, we got a few people, uh, writing in on Twitter, um, about 1999, the real year of movies. So as you remember last week, I talked about the 99PI episode, um, the uh, podcast that talked about how 1999 was the real year of movies, not 1994, like I'd always said. And Paul, who's been our frequent sponsor, different Paul than who sponsored this episode, other Paul, um, who was one of our biggest supporters of 1994, the year of movies, and who sponsored several 1994 year of movies episodes for us. Paul says, just listen to the Galaxy Quest episode, and you betrayed both me and 1994 by changing your allegiance to later 1999. I'm starting to reconsider my ongoing support of the show. I put 1999 as a close second. Many also like 82, 84, uh, and 84, plus 1939, but mostly for two biggies. But like Alex said, 1994 had a lot of movies that mattered to him and to me, so I refuse to be reasonable about here, 1994, until I die. Um... Also, Jesse said, I have a weird amount of feelings about you changing the year from my penultimate year of high school to my penultimate year of college, maybe because I saw so many more movies during the former. And so I just want to remind everybody, 1999 is the year of movies for movies, but 1994 is the year of movies for my heart. And that is every one of you gets your own year of movies. It's oh, just yeah. 1999 was the year of movies for Dallas megaplexes and the film industry at, uh, writ large. But um, you all have your own year of movies. So I'm curious if Hunter and Anthony, if you have off the top of your heart, what does your heart say is the year of movies? Mm. If you have one. I know you guys are all big 1939 mm. supporters, but mm-hmm. meant a lot to you. Um, I don't know. 2019 was actually pretty good, to be honest. That was, was pretty I recent mean, year of movies. I feel movies. like it was good. And then the fact that 2020 had no movies even like makes it feel better. Yeah, this is the last year of movies we've had. I mean, yeah, I'm going to it's, it's I mean, we we really want to talk about it. We should do what is it? 2008 uh, is, I think, of oh, the most sure. recent yeah. years. Wait, or, you mean 2000 or what was the year that There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men came uh, out? That was 2000. That was 2007. Yeah, so it was 2007. 2007. No Country. That was the year of movies for me. I mean, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about. No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, uh, Sunshine, uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, Dude, uh, Hot Fuzz. Atonement, uh, Michael fucking Clayton, the movie I've been talking about oh a lot. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah. Was, epic Movie, the parody of Epic Movies. There was so many good. I mean, 2007, was it 310 to Yuma? Uh, Shrek the Third, one of the top three Shrek, Shrek movies. Gone Baby oh. Gone. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, 2007. Even Almighty was a great year for movies too. Maybe not in like Waitress. I mean, just looking at a list of them, but like, yeah, definitely not. Maybe like the like the pure volume that 2007, but the the you know the 
one-two punch of There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men coming out in the same and year. And Rob Schneider's big stand. Um, it's a one-two-three punch. It's just, <laughs> just, and I'm Michael Clayton, which again, like I've said, it's one of my, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. And it's a movie I just truly, truly love. Uh, and Sunshine. Norbit. You're always talking about yeah, Norbit. Sunshine is a movie that I've said a lot, you know, is two thirds of the greatest science fiction movie ever made. And then the last third <laughs> really shits the bed. But right. Um, <laughs> Transformers kicking off a whole series. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and a big series it was. <laughs> uh, the remake of Funny uh, Games. Yeah. I mean, 2007. So, what a year. 2019. Yeah. Did we even Great. say Zodiac? Zodiac was 2007 yeah, as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, Zodiac. Now the now the killer. Um, yeah, atonement. Yeah. All right. Well, some good some good stuff that year. Um. All right. Well, those are you. You guys can let us know in the comments your the year of movies in your heart. But everyone gets their own year of movies. We don't have to fight. Um. I am keeping 94 in my heart, but 99 is the actual answer. So um, thank you for everybody who wrote in. You can get in touch with us. Uh, email podcast at read-weep.com and all the other social and comment type channels. That is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for writing in. Thanks for hanging out with us for another day. Um, and congratulations once again to Paul. And thanks for participating in our Oscar pool. And congratulations on winning. Um, you deserve a drink. Um, we will be back again next week. I don't want to say we have two. Our next two episodes are going to be really awesome, but I don't know which one's first, so I don't want to spoil them and get you too excited about it. But we have two really interesting episodes coming up, um, and then in three weeks we're going to have our first in-person recording um, in years, year and a half, two years, uh, in yeah. a long time. So we're all going to hang out in a couple weeks and have a because um, we're we're vaxxed and and waxed and um, ready to podcast. So yeah. that's coming up in a few weeks gonna be the official tagline just made it up but it's solid um i like it thank you for hanging out hunter i really appreciate it yeah hey yeah hey, hey. and good talking to you uh mr mermaid anthony lopez hey it's a lot of fun thanks for having me i was just those. thinking of denmark things i don't that's not your anyway um that's good enough all right we'll talk to you next week goodbye hey.